Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. In the session, that's that means you want sex. Every day. I'm 17 again. Dancing here all by myself. I'm having my own little party. Now, Madonna and I are twins. Oh, well, that's interesting because you're twins with Megan. And now you're yes, but today I, I'm like a town in Yorkshire twinned with somewhere in Germany. I, today I'm twinned with Madonna. Okay. Well, she's only four weeks older than me. But have you seen her posting on Twitter to her fans about her new 40th year tour celebration? I am so excited. She looks about 12. I'm so, no, she's smooth, isn't she? She's very smooth. Like a billiard ball. She's got these enormous lips. Yeah, please, Madonna. She's got no eyebrows, Madonna. I thought we were doing eyebrows because she used to have amazing eyebrows. Less filler, though, in the lips. Do you remember her in Papa Don't Preach? Blonde hair, beautiful dark eyebrows. Yeah. And now she's changed. Does that mean I have to change? No, you've only just got your eyebrows. Your new eyebrows. You can't change but I'm them yet. Re- I am. Oh, God. No. Most of all, I'm a Prince expert. I'm a Paul McCartney in the Beatles expert. I'm a Michael Jackson expert. But most of all, I'm a Madonna expert. We've actually found some common ground. You like Madonna? I love Madonna. I was, I was. Yeah, but you're too young to love Madonna. You can bugger off. I went to see her that tour where she had the very bubbly blonde hair. Yeah. What was what was that tour called? I was at Wembley. Then, when I was an editor, I was invited by Dolce Gabbana to a small concert. At the Brixton Academy, it was her sort of cowboy era. And then I reviewed her at Earl's Court for the Evening Stand, and I'm going to read you that review soon because this is a request to anyone powerful listening to this podcast. I want to review the first concert, and I'll pay my own plane ticket. But we come as a pair. You can't go without you me. You can't come. You can't go without me. You can't go to a Madonna concert without me. You just can't. That's the plane like... wouldn't be able to take off with you, in it? Sod off. <laughs> Sod off. But I could do a 40-year tour of my work. You could. You could. I could perhaps be her support act. I could come on and read my columns. <laughs> the two powerful women in the industry. <laughs> You do nothing without me. When I wish she was concerned. my friend. Do you? I think I think she might. No, but be. we are very similar. She loves it's horses. A circle, isn't she? 
I met a man, also. you met him as well, who sold her a three-day event horse. Yes. I'm just wondering where the horse is now. Yes, that's true. And she bought... A bit of a weak link, though. Well, I've... Because you know I'm an expert on... I'm also not just an expert on Madonna, sir, editor-in-chief, who wants to go and review the first concert. I am also an expert on houses and architecture. I No, I am. Well, the thing is, it's like pulling to you. It's pulling. She bought... She's poking me. She bought Cecil Beaton's house, which is... I think one of the most beautiful houses, beautiful garden. He had roses and, oh, my God. Sounds like a lot of maintenance and gardeners. He used to prune the roses, actually, wearing a hat. So she bought Cecil Beaton's house, and she's just as anal as me because she then contacted a museum that had a painting of the house, had been taken out of the house, put in a museum. She asked to buy it. I'd That's do the that, sort of thing though. I know you wouldn't do that. I you don't do that. even, you like don't even that. do your washing up. No, she wanted the painting of the house from a museum and they wouldn't sell it to her, but they got a copy painted and sent that to her. But then when she got divorced from Guy Ritchie, just listen. Now, I'm stop actually, it. Now, I'm Googling to see if Madonna's also a Virgo. That's what I'm doing. Well, she's born three weeks before me, isn't she? She must be a Virgo or nearly. She's a, she's a Leo. Yeah, but she's almost a Virgo. She, she's all, but she does have a Virgo moon. I just thought there was there was this. I was starting to sound like I needed to check this. Sort of anyway, thing. when she got divorced from Guy Ritchie, he got Cecil Beaton's house, and he's now living in it. And when he got married again to someone who wasn't Madonna, he grew all his own flowers for the wedding. What a fantastic man! That's pretty impressive, isn't, isn't it? it? I mean, he can't be that busy if he's growing his own. It's got to be his gardeners. Well, they get on with it themselves, don't they, the flowers? I don't think it works. I mean, I don't really know anything about flowers. No, because my friend Nicky Tibbles did his wedding flowers. Yeah. And they were all picked from his beautiful garden. That's lovely, but I think they were gardeners. Flowers that were planted by Cecil Beaton. That is, that. now that is amazing. Amazing. That is is amazing. Amazing. I hope his wife appreciates all this. Guy... Does your wife appreciate the fact you grew all the flowers that have been planted by Cecil Beaton? We want your answer for next week's podcast. And if she doesn't, this is available. Get rid of her. <laughs> Dump her. Get rid of her. She can bugger off. Dump her. Liz wants the house. I don't know. I if want actually... that house. Is it's it so guy you beautiful. Want? It's not guy you want, is it? It's to move into that house. It's the house. It's the house. No, I don't want the man running around the rooms making a mess. I just want the house. So that's very exciting. Now, I've been reading a new book called Not Safe for Work, and it's by Isabel Kaplan, and she sent me this book because she heard the podcast about her column that went viral. I think it was in The Guardian. A writer whose boyfriend is a writer told her to stop writing about him, so she dumped him. So you talked about that, didn't you? And he was very jealous of her writing, but this is the book that made him jealous. And it's all about a young woman. She's not got very high self-esteem, but being American, she's still got more high self-esteem than English people. She's a bit overweight, and she lives in Los Angeles, and she works in the film business. And it's really about the sexism in the film business. And she does have quite a lot of sex. Lucky her. 
So she has sex with this co-worker. I don't think that's allowed, actually, is it, anymore? Having sex with someone you work I with? I think that's fairly standard, isn't it? Well, not us, obviously. You we're think it's acceptable? We're, 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 no. You think it's acceptable? Having sex with a colleague? Well, I dated a couple of my colleagues. Yeah, but you're just, before you, you're just so, a whore, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> says you. Sex on the first night, says you. Anyway, she has sex with this man called David. Oh, God, no. So no, she's been haunted. So, uh, Isabel, you are a little bit copying. I have. You are a little bit copying because you copied my... I'm married to a writer, but the writer doesn't want me writing about the writer. I did that she first. She channeling you. I, and, and I went out with the David first. Anyway, she says, The sex could best be described as bland. One night, I whisper, I want you to take control. See, I did that with David. But he wasn't he wasn't forceful enough. Yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. To see what he'll do with it. The answer is not much. He looks <laughs> down at me, eyes wide. Have your way with me, I add, lying beneath him. After a minute or two, he pulls my legs over his shoulders. I feel like a folded tortilla. A sneer of concentration appears on his face. I give up. I want to be in control. I want to be controlled. I want to control who controls me. Her poor David is a bit puzzled now, isn't he? Sounds a bit, but it's about it's her tortilla to your pretzel. I want to understand my wants and why I want them. I'm only now beginning to suspect that all the time I've spent trying to make myself desirable. Copy. Isabel, you are a little bit copying. You are a little bit copying. Maybe it's just stuff you share as women. Has come at the expense of thinking about what I might myself desire. See? Yes. People put a lot of effort into thinking about sex, don't they? I just always thought you just went and did it. It's all a bit planned, isn't it, for some Well, you know, why don't you just eradicate the entire works of Jane Austen, every rom-com ever made, Nick Hornby, Bridget, just just rub them out, because Nicola says, oh, would you just get on and do it? She doesn't even take her trousers off. The sex bit, you know, you just just go and it evolves, doesn't it? Anyway, she she does give me a little Miranda Priestley idea. Oh, God that I want me. to implement. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. What? I want you to sign off your emails with the signature... Right. Office of Liz Jones. Office of Liz Jones. Really? Yeah. But my office, sometimes my emails are done when I'm mucking out the horses and I'm in the stable. No, but the or, office, that will always appear on your email. The Office of Liz Jones. Office of Liz Jones. If that will make you happy, I'll do that. That's quite American and businesslike, isn't it? It's very it? businesslike, yeah. I've got PA to Liz Jones. But we had another Miranda Priestley moment, didn't we, when I was very stressed. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> right, so picture this. Liz, very, very stressed on the platform. We're getting a train. And she's well, very Nick's good. not getting a train. Oh, you are getting a train as well. I'm getting a train. Okay. I am getting a train. <laughs> And we'd, we'd had a, a little bit of a disaster. So Liz was very stressed and very shouty. And I said to her, it's, it's fine. It's not a competition. You know, we're both stressed. It's fine. It will all be okay. She said, it is a competition. I want empathy and sympathy. So I was talking to her. I was just trying to calm her down. And I said, look, just calm down. You know, shouting doesn't help. Screaming doesn't help. Just calm down. And she said to me, 
that's what's got you in trouble. You holding it all in. That's why you've got problems with your colon. <laughs> and the entire, and, and, and we were in like sort of underground, like uh, this sort of big tunnel thing. And colon, 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 colon went all along the platform. No, all I said, platform. I said that I'm stressed on a cellular level. My and cells are stressed. She said she's stressed, she's stressed on the cellular level. But Nicola isn't all warm and fluffy as she tries to portray on this podcast. When she was on a beach in Whitby, she went nuts, screaming, shouting and swearing and ran after a man to try and punch him. Absolutely so true. So it's a co- pot calling in the saucepan. No, no, kettle. no. Um, let's put this into context. The reason I wanted to go and punch this man in the head was because he threatened to kick Boris in the head because Boris went to say hello to his dog. I apologised yeah. and said I'm sorry. He got off his lead. It wasn't. It wasn't because he was loose. And Boris is very friendly, but he went running over to the dog. The guy said that he would kick Boris in the head. And I'm sorry, you're going to threaten my dog. I'm going to put you in hospital. That is not a time when I'm going to be warm and fluffy. <laughs> Don't pull that face. So yes. Yeah, so Liz told everybody on the train about my colon, and it, that was after we was in a restaurant. <laughs> And I said to Liz, I'm popping to the loo. And she said, oh, don't tell me you've got diarrhoea again. You shouldn't have eaten that burger. And there was like a table of 40 people behind her. And you know, like in a restaurant, and it's really loud in a restaurant. It was so loud. Why are restaurants so noisy? It is really loud. But the minute you're about to say, there's a pause before you shout the word diarrhoea. And all of a sudden, it's silent. And it's like diarrhoea, go diarrhoea, diarrhoea, diarrhoea. Ran the whole restaurant. Everyone put their knife and fork down. Yeah, yeah. No one ordered dessert. Nobody. <sighs> so do you want to know what I've been doing? What? Just... You don't really care, do you? Eating? <laughs> no, not eating. I have been watching Dancing on Ice. Oh, God. It's don't, so down market. Don't. We know, we know where we are. When we get Strictly or Celebrity or Dancing on Ice, we know exactly what time of the year it is. It's regular as clockwork. It's a nice comfort programme. The other day, you thought Sunday was Saturday. I did. I did think so. So, Dancing was on Ice isn't working, is it? You're, you you just go point. along in a fog. I don't know. I do go along in the fog. Liz is completely bored by me now. She's looking at, around the office. She's panting. She's just completely bored I'm by not me. Panting. Yeah, you are. You're being a bit panty. You, you do that when you're anxious or when you're bored. Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. No, but they don't, do they? they I think they do. I think they probably do. I'm not that boring, Liz. Do you want to hear the sweets column? Is it boring? Well, do you want me to be sacked and then you're sacked as a domino effect? No, but you, you, yeah, I'm just checking because you found me boring. I'm just checking. Anyway, this week's column is called In Which I Commit a Cardinal Sin. Oh, dear. <gasps> I think I'm going to seed like a three-month-old pot of basil. I committed a cardinal sin this week. Do you know what the sin was? Dread to think, but tell us. I used body oil on my face. Oh, that's I've done that loads of times. Look at me. I keep looking out for signs that this action has gone against all the laws of physics, nature and beauty editors. Perhaps my face now needs to wear t- socks or trousers. 
But no, nothing so far. No alarms have gone off in the Harrods Spa or inside Space NK forcing an intervention. Until this new low, I've spent a lifetime doing what the beauty industry tells me to do. I wore parasol on my hair, aged 11, on a windswept holiday in Sidmouth. I always cleansed and exfoliated and moisturised. I only have ever put cream on my legs using upward sweeps. You have to put cream on moving towards wherever your heart is. Be a circulation. I've had fortnightly pedicures. I have never sunbathed and still to this day in the Yorkshire Dales at mid-ice age wear Factor 30 tinted moisturiser. I've never gone to bed without removing my makeup. You mean you've gone out for the evening? You've had I'm not you, tea. Nicola. So, okay, you go out for the evening, you've had a little bit too much to drink, you get in a night of passion, you fall into bed. At what point do you take your makeup off? I cleanse, exfoliate, moisturise, get into bed, and then if a man tries, it's a thing this week about licking my face, if a man tries to lick my face, I say, I'm charging you for that moisturiser, it's very expensive. Don't lick it off. All right, but Don't lick it off. Comes through the door. He's I wear so much moisture on my body and face in bed. I, I'm as slippery as an eel if they try and hug me. Well, I suppose that's one way of getting out of it. My teeth are professionally cleaned. I had them cleaned last week. You did. My dentist is Martin McCutcheon's dentist. I have veneers too. I've dyed my hair professionally since I was 30 it's only a centimetre everything isn't dyed and dyed it's just a centimetre yeah. is dyed I never file my fingernails as I read in vogue that this damages a nail bed you have to clip them I use growth serum on my eyelashes which are professionally dyed I've had an eyebrow transplant I'm exhausted even listening to that list the capillaries on my face have been cauterised with the I'm like Madonna aren't I who's that Madonna with a powerful laser and shrunk with crushed shells of snails. That was before I was vegan. I was only 19 and I was going to this clinic in Beecham Place and having crushed snails shells. Can you say that? Crushed snails shells. <laughs> no, I can't. I've had laser eye surgery as I read in Vogue that squinting causes weak wrinkles. I nearly said wrinkles. I have got through an ocean of fake tan. I had some freckles on my torso, so a consultant at the Lister Hospital removed them at great expense. I remember having had that procedure. I saw a picture of Kate Moss, and she'd got a huge mole by her breast. And I was thinking, WTAF? How can she even live with herself? And of course, I've never, unconsciously, since the age of 11, put anything in my mouth without wondering if it will make me fat. And while I now in a DPD non-delivery emergency of moisturiser slather body oil on my face and decolletage, I still find eating very hard. I've just made pasta with chestnuts, thyme, lemon and hazelnuts, and all of it is still in the pan. I might write articles condemning skinny models, saying I'm a recovering anorexic, but that would be a lie. I wonder if I'm the very first 60-something sufferer. Someone should study me. There's no point to me being very thin. It doesn't make me attractive. It doesn't make me healthy. It has never snagged me a man who's worthy of me. But it's a mindset that is hard to give up. I remember catching sight of my legs in a mirror after I'd been confined to bed following a facelift. 
unable to eat anything other than pineapple juice. I saw two long bones and suddenly the pain and the expense were worth it. Even today, I find myself making lists before I fly to Sydney. Capillaries, brow tint, filler, Botox, hair, new clothes, moisturiser, hand row underwear, peddy, waxing. I'm like a magician, running from plate to plate to keep them from crashing, hairy and wrinkled to the floor. And when I land, Nigel might not even be there. He might have married again, given he got a puppy. He might think me a little bit ridiculous, which of course I am. It's, it must be exhausting. It must be really, really exhausting to put yourself under that much pressure. But I've just got sta- higher standards. No, 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 I get that. I mean, I, I... You will all laugh when I read a letter at the end of this podcast. It's going to be so funny after doing all of that. It's Is it a good one? Because I haven't seen this one, have I? No, it came in the post. It came as a piece of paper. Oh, paper. The old method. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Anyway, going back to Madonna, this is from 2004. See, I could do a 40-year tour, couldn't could. I? Get me clippings out. You could. You could You could follow Madonna around, talking about following Madonna around. So this is a piece in the Evening Standard, and there's my byline photo. And that byline photo was taken when I was editor at Marie Claire, and I had it airbrushed. You look very salty. I think I'd like to use that one as my latest byline photo. Can you arrange that? I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the powers that be. Anyway, I reviewed her concert in London, August 2004. Joining the rain-sodden throng for Madonna's first London concert, I was surprised at how normal everyone looked, like mums and dads at a particularly busy branch of Sainsbury's. Where were the rah-rah skirts, the footless tights, the fingerless gloves, the giant crucifixes, the black lycra one-shouldered tops, the perms, the blue eyeshadow? The last time I saw Madonna, during a Who's That Girl tour at Wembley Stadium, I was sporting all of the above, plus a pair of leg warmers shot through with Lurex. On my arms, I wore arm warmers. You dressed up! I dressed up! Oh my God! Oh God, I'd love to see pictures of that. Last night, I was sporting a heavy heart. Aren't I too old to be drinking wine out of a plastic beaker? Isn't Earl's Court a bit drafty? Will I be home in time for news night? And will I be able to even see my form icon without a powerful pair of binoculars? On the evidence, Madonna's faithful fans, like the material girl herself, are a sprightly bunch once they get the damp out of their bones. To be honest, the recent sniping in the press about Madonna's age has been rather grating. She shouldn't be celebrating her 46th birthday at Sketch. She should be at home with the kids, presumably baking a sponge. Isn't it undignified to be performing the backwards crab at her age? Isn't she in danger of breaking a hip? And those arms, shouldn't she have... She wasn't even old in 2004, and neither was I. Unbelievable. And those arms, shouldn't she have developed bingo wings by now, rather than those rippling biceps? Well, Madonna has always broken the rules, and last night was no exception. I'd worried she might seem ridiculous... You see how it's the, the synergy with my column. It's uncanny, isn't it, it? It is, yeah, it is. I felt that seeing her on stage was like being a woman our age caught shopping in Topshop. 
but to be honest, she was fitter than she was 20 years ago. Her voice, unless I am much mistaken, was more powerful than ever. Her body is awe-inspiring. Remember the soft belly that poked beneath her carpet fabric jacket during Live Aid in 1985? The chunky thighs glimpsed on top of the pops in 1984. They'd been replaced with something lean, mean and enviably bendy. She also seemed warmer, although she wasn't wearing many clothes. She must have had a hot water bottle or something. (laughs) And more humble than the ice-cool goddess of the Blonde Ambition Tour, there was no crotch-grabbing, no simulated sex. For people with mortgages and several children in expensive schools, the evening was remarkably good value. Two hours of non-stop entertainment, special effects and all her hits. There were several costume changes, courtesy of Stella McCartney, who was in the audience. Hello, Stella. How's Paul? <laughs> Carl Lagerfeld was there. He's dead now. Christian Lacroix. I think he might be dead. Isn't it wonderful to see a woman over 40 rather than the 16-year-olds who are routinely fed in fashion magazines? I took along a young friend who's never seen Madonna live before and was raised on a diet of Spice Girls and Kylie Minogue. I think I took Emina, my young friend, Emina. How could anyone, doesn't matter how old you are, how could anyone just not think, you know, not know Madonna and think she's awesome? No, but she'd never seen her live before live before oh, because she was in a cradle. <laughs> Her verdict? She thought Madonna was quite simply amazing, beautiful, energetic. And the songs? Well, has there ever been a more emotive few first bars than those of Papa Don't Preach? Don't you yearn for that gamine haircut? Doesn't crazy for you? I'm crazy for you. I love that song. I sang that with a broken heart many times in the bath. Doesn't it bring back evening spent snogging in the back of a mini? Most remarkable of all, I still remembered all the words to Vogue. That must mean I don't have early onset Alzheimer's after all. What a relief. Isn't it amazing? You can be like, you can listen to a song that you haven't heard for 30 years. Do you know what I mean? That you used to listen to and you know every word. You are word perfect on it. Someone actually put on Twitter about how they've got some memory loss. So they made a tape of all the old songs that they used to know and she knew all the words to it. And that was really helping with her memory loss. We just don't forget those pivotal songs, do we? So I'm off to America. Not without me, you know. To review M- M- Madge. Not without me. And you I'm going to ask that. her about. I want to ask her about Settle These Beaton's House. You can't do that. That's not fair. But then I did another piece in the Daily Mail in 2013. We cannot change the world, Madonna said at this weekend's Sound of Change concert. But I agree with Madonna. You cannot change the world, but you can sure as hell change your face. Her 54-year-old visage now looks like something Paul Hollywood would dust with flour before poking with a digit to test whether the dent springs back into shape before putting it in the oven. It seems clear to me that her surgeon's work is never done. Indeed, she now appears to have passed the crucial nip-tuck tipping point where a face that previously looked rejuvenated suddenly makes onlookers exclaim... Is it Donatella Versace? Is it Nicole Kidman? Her forehead is so shiny it could be used to flash distress signals, which in a way is exactly what Madonna's face is doing. It's telling us not that this woman is young, just that she is desperate not to be old. It's a very good piece on plastic surgery, actually. Can you link people to it, Nick? Yeah, we'll do. I'll put it up with the podcast. I'll get me numbers up. I will. I'll get your numbers up. <laughs>
Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. We're moving on to letters now. Oh, okay. I was wait. I was waiting for the rest. I think people can read it online. All right, we'll read it online. Well, so would you like to hear about Susanna? Now we talked about Susanna last week. Did we? What did we, we say? Did. We were well, we nice she about sent, her. Yeah, she sent a letter because she she'd written in that she'd been to your talk. She came and, to my talk. Yeah, so she'd written in. So we've got we've got we've got a little response to being on the podcast. So she says, "Dear my favourite people, Nicola and Liz." Do you Thank see she's put your name first? You've got top billing. I've got top billing. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for including my letter in the podcast last week. I was blown away. I haven't stopped telling people about it. I went to a Burns Night Supper this week and told everyone on my table about how wonderful you both are. They are going to listen to the podcast from now on. So I'm thinking we're under pressure to make this one good. If we've got new people join, it's a little bit of pressure there, isn't it? So they don't just listen and go, what was Susanna talking about and bugger off? Huh? <laughs> well, if she said that it's really, really good, you've got to listen to it. Well, I've been trying. I know. So I just feel a little bit of pressure. She also says, I was thinking about you this week. I think that's me, not you. With the Naughty Beagle in Graham Hall's Dogs Behaving Badly program, it's the second beagle featured in this series. Now, I actually applied to go on it in desperation to get Boris some recall. I actually applied to go on this series and I they had didn't to send reply. no, no. I, I got as far as the producer, and I had to send pictures of Boris, who was like running around the field with me, running up the hill, screaming Boris, Boris, and throwing roast food at him. And I got so far, and you then failed I failed the audition. I failed to get so. I want to watch this. I haven't had a chance to watch this program yet, but I want to see what these two beagles have got that we didn't have because Boris is bloody naughty and I want to see how naughty these are that they got on there and we didn't. Do they have more attractive owners? They, they might have had more attractive owners, but Boris makes up for my lack of attractiveness because he's so handsome. Well done, Susanna. Well. Now, I've had two letters in the post today. Now... It's it's interesting, really, because the, the, they get sent to the office and then a lady in the office sends them to me. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, does she read them and open them and still send them to me? Or does she just send them to me? Well, they're sealed or not. Well, it's hard to tell, isn't it? She could have got a kettle. Someone before used to open them and read them, but that was a different person. Anyway, she, there's a lovely letter from someone called Caroline. Caroline's one of her regulars. And she sent an, what's it called? I think it's an oracle card and it's of a woman doing a yoga pose with the word beacon on it. Yeah. So Caroline thinks I'm a beacon. And you read the back of it. Hold up your own inner light as an inspiration to all around you. I don't want to inspire anyone else. Your inner light. Find your inner light. Anyway, she says, thank you so much for replying to my letter. It was great. I was about to read your latest article. We always read you first. You make me laugh out loud. I do hope you enjoy my words on growing old. Where are they? I'm in my 80th year 
and it's not fun. Oh, oh Caroline. Bless her. Come and be in the podcast. I cannot believe who I see in the mirror. It's who is that? Who is that girl? Who's that girl? Who's, Who's that, that girl? Well, clearly, I will look forward to your writings. Keep shining, Caroline. Oh, and Caroline always puts in angel confetti in her letters. Well, I then have to hoover it, but anyway. Lots of angel. I'll put it all over your desk. Right, we're going to end this podcast. No, it's a Madonna podcast. We're having fun. Apart from the abuse I get, we're having fun. Now, this is signed. Well, I'll, I'll do the signature at the end. Dear Liz... This is someone who's aged 73. Right. I read you in the mail all the time. You're an animal lover, but you've got a face a dog wouldn't lick. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine someone in the office reading this and going, I'll just put this in the post to live. I'm going to send it over. You're what's known as a two-bagger. If the first bag splits, there is another one over your face. Oh! <gasps> It seems to me... So the mail forwarded this letter. Oh. Gracie! Ow, ow, ow. It seems to me you've been under more sheets than the Ku Klux Klan, been cocked more than John Wayne's gun. He's quite witty, isn't he? I mean, he's very insulting, but he's quite witty. And then at the end, he says, lots of love, George, in brackets, not David. <laughs> well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.